Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I sit down and talk about um, this idea of death, um, the importance of grieving as a community. Uh, We start off by talking about All Souls Day, All Saints Day, uh, Dias de los Muertos, um, the tradition of Halloween, sort of how that's all. Uh, interlaced and then sort of moving on to this um, idea of uh, ritual, uh, mourning someone uh, as a community, helping each other out, the importance of story, sacred story when it comes to those that have gone before us. Uh, But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Netty at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. Uh, If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community or read more of David's writings, theruined.com is a place to go for that. Uh, drcrpod.com is a place to go for um, our past uh, podcasts uh, or wherever you found this podcast. They should all be published on that podcatcher. And lastly, we received uh, David's book of poetry. Haiku Poetry, Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow. And so if you have not gotten your copy, please go to, well, if you've already pre-ordered or uh, helped us with the Kickstarter, this is, uh, you don't need to do that. We'll be sh- shipping these your copies out soon. If you haven't reserved a copy, go to dreamwalkerway.com and you can order a copy there. And we'll also be releasing an audiobook, a... Um, American Sign Language translation and an ebook in the coming months in the next uh, hopefully by the end of the year all those will be released and so we'll making it be making announcements as that unfolds uh, so thank you all for your support in the book uh, if you like what you hear please tell a friend social media and word of mouth really helps us we appreciate you and let's get into it Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. <laughs> radio. Radio. Pirate Ship Radio. A radio? More like a rodeo. <laughs> this ain't my Am first right? one. Am I right? Uh, good morning, Mr. David Morrison. Good morning to you, sir. We received the run of books. We have received the shipment. We have 250 Desolate Beauty books sitting in the dorm. I opened the box and I pulled one out and said, you see what you can do when you put your mind to it? My best George McFly. <laughs> you just pull you just pull your, yourself up from your bootstraps. <laughs> congratulations. Oh, congrats to you. Thank you. Um, when we post this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this official. So we actually have to stay on top of it. But when you're hearing this on the podcast feed, go to dreamwalkerway.com. And if you don't already have a copy or pre-ordered a copy or kickstarter a copy, you can pick up your copy there. And as a quoting an, an Instagram influencer, I love this book writing journey for you. And there we go. <laughs> there you go. Now you're a motivational I, speaker too. I can too. make it as a... <laughs> they need to reprise Matt Foley. They, um... Anyway, that's one. that yeah. doesn't matter. Um... <laughs> So today, so we're posting this November 1st, I believe, is a Tuesday. Um, So it's right in the middle of Halloween, All Saints Day, Dias de los Muertos, um, sort of that season of the year. Um, And one of the things we've looked at probably more than people want us to look at is individual death. Yeah. It's sort of facing our death. We've talked about that on a couple different episodes. Well, we've probably talked about it on a lot of episodes, Yeah, but we dedicated at least one, if not two episodes sort of to that idea. Memento Mori. Yeah. Um, But today I wanted to sort of talk to you about sort of the other side of it. Right, we're 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 still here on this plane, yeah. Walking this journey called life on this 
place called Earth and people around us pass. Right. Um, and that's sort of what this this season, Dias de los Muertos, gives mm-hmm. people the opportunity to mourn and and um, remember. Yeah. And uh, it's sort of a mix of of remembrance and also grieving the people that have passed. Um, and All Saints Day is, you know, it's about reaching out to the saints that have gone before us to hear our prayers. And um, and just so how, how community, how we can sort of support ourselves, not ourselves, how a community can support each other through this thing called death. Yeah. And, but maybe to start, uh, we, we sort of start with these, the, the ideas behind these days. So maybe you could lead us off by telling us a little bit about all saints day, what it's about, the significance of it. And we'll kind of yeah. elaborate from there. Yeah. It's kind of a trilogy. It's, a you know, it's, it's all, it's all saints day and then all souls day. And in between is Halloween, which mm. is the, uh, the Eve, all hollows Eve. Okay. Or all saints Eve. And so it's this between, uh, between day, um, and so, yeah, so I guess I could start scripturally. It, it uh, refers to, uh, you know, again, the, the story of salvation, the experience of salvation in the scriptural tradition is communal. It's not hyper-individualistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how they've figured this out. I've heard this claim, but I've, I, I, the scholarship might be shaky on it. Okay. But they say... The people. Uh, the people say that the, the first... Ac- just blame it on the academics. <laughs> the academics say... That the first uh, book in human history to have a true individualized I, I do this, I do that, or or the, the first actual autobiography was Augustine's uh, Confessions. Mm. Um, I don't know. Uh, but... So no, that's very late. In other words, in the ancient world, there really is not a concept of, of the, the individual. individual. Right. So, so salvation is communal and, and it's carried in the community. Uh, and, and the community carries on even past death, especially in the Christian tradition. Uh, so in the early... So, so first you have Paul or, or maybe whoever wrote Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not Paul. Uh, uh, I believe it's in the twelfth chapter. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and so, so there's there's that idea, and then and then in his letter, the great cloud of witnesses being those that have gone before right, us, right? Exactly, yeah. um, and, and so they they witness you in your pain. You witness them in the spirit, and it and it's a continuation, um. And then, and then there's uh, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, which talks about the, the body of Christ being this mm. multifaceted, diverse. Uh, he uses the analogy of an actual body. Right. Uh, that kind of thing. So then, you know, fast forward to the early church, uh, the great church in the fourth century, I believe, uh, this, it became indoctrinized the, called the communion of the saints. Okay. And these, and these feast days have come and gone throughout the centuries and, and reinterpreted by, you know, Protestants and, and so forth and so on. Right. So, so in the, in the Catholic realm that this idea of the church is, if I remember this right, would be, uh, there's the church militant, which is the church, the people that are, are baptized and they're believers and they're alive on earth right now. Okay. That's the church militant. Uh, then there's the church triumphant, which is those who've who've arrived in heaven and uh, you know the saints, right? And, and that, by the way, the in the in the New Testament, in the Christian scriptures, saint is we're all called these holy ones. We're all the the, the priesthood of believers. Uh, that that's and that word is used a lot. Beautiful. Uh, he, Paul, in particular, when he addresses his little churches in those letters uh, called epistles. He calls them saints. You know, he greets them as saints at the beginning of his letters. So it's so, not it's not uh, like a honorary title like we we know in modern times. Right. No. Yeah. Exactly. 
And so, and then there's a third faction of it called the church penitent, which are those, uh, for lack of a better concept, uh, they're in uh, purgatory. They're they're uh, being perfected in in the in beyond the veil, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So then the Protestants reinterpret it as no, there's no purgatory. That's you know, that's a bunch of uh, hua. And mm-hmm. so uh, so it just became the church triumphant and the church militant kind of thing. So okay. most Protestants believe that. And then you have evangelicals in Christianity today, in popular Christianity in America, who reject the entire thing. They uh, they will say we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. They have a very conflicted relationship with Halloween uh, because <laughs> they see it as the devil's day, even though right. it was originally a church. You know, it was a church l- liturgy. Some would say it has... I mean, there's this weak scholarship to to find evidence of this, of the uh, Celtic uh, fall festivals, mm. uh, Samhain. It looks in writing, it looks like Samhain, but it's pronounced Samhain, I believe, uh, which was the the closing of you know the 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 preparation of of winter and that mm. kind of thing, and would have a set of deities and mm-hmm. rituals and rites that are lost to time. Uh, people will claim they have them now, but they're they've right. been lost. So that's that's kind of well. I know it's the Devil's Day just because of the the chick track I found yeah, on the sidewalk yeah, exactly. one time. <laughs> they tell, they'll tell you everything. <laughs> so they're very conflicted because Halloween itself uh, has become a very commercialized thing, you know, and uh, uh, and so it's so they don't want to be left out of the popular culture. Yeah, of course. And so they have so like. We, they have fall festivals. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so our church did that in the 80s, started that in the 80s. And also keep in mind, in the late 80s, uh, there was this thing called the Satanic Panic. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of made a revival now with the QAnon people. And so they're they're very... Well, now it's the pedophile panic, I guess is what you Yeah, would. but it has a... It has, right, it's, right, it's right. A, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's offering to Satan. Yeah. So that kind of thing. Or Santa. Uh, he just rearranged the letters. <laughs> and so so they have a very conflict. And then, you know, you have uh, parents who tell their kids, you know, not let their kids read Harry Potter mm-hmm. because it has witches and, and uh, wizards and that kind of thing in it. Uh, but kids kind of want to read what their parents tell them not to read. So Well, and, the, and every, you know, every other kid around them is reading yeah. it as well. So <laughs> that, that, you know. And I, I tend to think only Satanists burn books <laughs> in that sense. Uh, and burn witches. Uh, the real, right. The real evil are those that have religious authority and would burn books, ban books. I, I despise people that would want to ban a book. I despise them. Mm. I'll stop there. Uh, behave myself here. Uh, well, I was about to take it to next level, but I won't instigate <laughs> you. <laughs> and 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 yeah. So who would you rather? Who's who's on the side of? of uh justice uh the witch being the woman usually a woman being accused of being a witch right and and executed or or those that are the executioners yeah so so anyway that's kind of the the history but halloween itself is has more irish uh connections Mm. but it's interesting that in mexico and in our uh in, in our uh, land here. Neck of the woods. Uh, in the southwest. Neck of the desert. Yeah, it's it's Day of the Dead. Right, uh, and that was going to be my next question is like culturally yeah, uh, and geographically here in, in the southwest, we have Dios de los Muertos and right. Day of the Dead. Um, and so maybe you can elaborate a little bit your understanding. Yeah, it's the that. same. It's very similar to the Irish and the ancient mm-hmm. thing, which is a trilogy uh it's a trifecta of uh, all saints, so you would you would go to to mass for that, you mm-hmm. know, and then uh, to honor, uh, you know, and, and again, it was in the Middle Ages the list of saints became so long, right? You know? So then they had to just became all saints, yeah. you know, and so then it was a day of fasting and prayer, which was All Hallows Eve, okay, uh, and then the third is all uh, all all souls. Let's recognize everyone, mm-hmm. and those are those, and that's the day of the dead, the mm-hmm. third, the third day, uh, which is you know uh, typically traditionally uh, 
you you clean up uh, your family's graves, which is also a very Irish mm-hmm. connection. The Irish and the Mexicans are very very similar uh, in in culture in their traditions. You know, right. in that sense, uh, clean up the graves. You usually leave uh, things on the grave uh, for them, and you know, and that and Mexican culture is is kind of getting its day in the sun in yeah. America now right. too, you know, cause Disney picked it up, right? <laughs> Coco. Uh, I think it was Coco. Was that the, I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so, so it's hit the, the, the American mainstream. commercialism. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's kind of the thing. And, and so, uh, and it's an, you know, so it's, it's gone beyond that, which is Halloween and day of the dead are kind of a, it's, it's a way of befriending your fears it's a way of befriending your uh, uh, your death, your death, mm-hmm. your personal death, which is uh, going to happen. And if it happens 100 years from now, it'll still be too soon. So time, you know, so it's that yeah, weirdness right. of time, our experience of time. Because uh, a lot of people are like, oh, that that's, that's so far away yeah, no. in the future. But really, it could happen tomorrow. Yeah. We, that, that's, that's the crazy thing with death is, it's so yeah, unpredictable. Exactly. So, so there's, so there's that. And then there's, yeah, the laughing, making light of, uh, demonic evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, Thomas Cahill in his book, how the Irish saved civilization quoted somebody in Ireland saying, uh, cause if it's one, th- if there's one thing, the devil can't abide it's laughter. Mm. And so it's just kind of making light of your fears, facing your fears in right. that sense. And, uh, uh, that kind of thing. So, and, um, you know, I, I know since I've been associated or hanging out with, with everyone here at desert rain, um, that's one of the things that you make a point to do amongst other, you know, amongst other things, but the day of the dead, having a labyrinth walk and, and a very yeah. specific, um, day where we gather for, for that. And, um, so maybe you could, just, you know, uh, talk about that and, and how that sort of came to be here at the community yeah. and what, you know, sort of your thought process as you approach each year of, of that ga- that gathering specifically of all of us here at the community. Yeah, it's probably one of my favorites. Uh, it seems like it. Yeah, it's for funny. sure. <laughs> I've picked up on that over it, the it years. It would definitely be, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, all, All Souls Day and um, Easter Vigil, the mm. Holy Saturday, are probably my favorite, two favorite holy days, if right. you will. They're holy to me. Um, on a personal level, I, uh, I've had some experiences, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago, uh, our friend uh, Kirsten Helm, a little shout out there. Hey, Kirsten. <laughs> From Buffalo, New York. Uh, spins the summer's here. Um, she, uh, she texted us. We, we gave her a shout out a few weeks ago about the, the sponge. Oh, that's candy. right. The sponge candy. And she texted me and said, thanks for the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another one. Yeah. To you, so years ago, I think I'm pretty sure it was her. She she, uh, gave us a gift of, uh, um, uh, Irish peat, which mm. is, you know, they, so the ground's very wet there. And, and so they harvest, the, the dead surface to, for uh, firewood mm-hmm. for kindling and that kind of thing. So, so she had sent us one, uh, a little box of it, you know, and, and so then uh, around that same, you know how these series of coincidences right. happened. My mom was telling me a story at that time of her mother who, when she came, she came on the, off the boat mm-hmm. uh, from Ireland she was the last of her family. She had taken care of her parents and they died. She was only in her twenties. Wow. Uh, you know, but you know, death again. Yeah. Uh, the unpredictability of it. And all, yeah, all her brothers were lost, you know, in a, in a, in America, lost touch with them. So mm-hmm. she jumped on the boat. All she had in her dress pocket was a piece of Irish peat mm. charcoal uh, in her pocket. So that became, so that gift became a very yeah. important gift. And one day I was just sitting there on that day on all souls, uh, or somewhere in that trilogy of those three days. And I was, uh, burning it and, uh, thinking of the, 
my family, my grandparents and people have gone before me. And this memory, it felt real like it was there. Uh, the smoke started curling in the sunlight mm -hmm. and it smelled like my grandma's camel cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And her presence was definitely there in that sense. Yeah. Uh, now Christians would have a, pro uh, evangelical Christians would have a difficulty with that. And they'll say, that's, that's demonic, that's pagan. And my answer would be, well, uh, is, is God the God of the living or the dead? Mm. Which is, you know, which is what Jesus was accused of being a necromancer of, of speaking with the dead. Uh, and, and that was his answer to that. He's the God of the living, not the dead. Uh, you're the one who's lost connection with those who've gone before you mm. because you don't really believe in the resurrection. You believe it in your mind, but you don't, uh, but see faced this, with it. Yeah. You see this heaven as a disembodied mm. separate reality, which is a, a Greek idea, not a Hebrew idea and definitely not an early church idea. Uh, and so, uh, they're present well, and, with and, us. Right. And Jesus, one of Jesus, and I said this probably a hundred times on this podcast, but on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, exactly. Jesus was wishing for, praying for, yeah. uh, commanding, if you will, yeah. that this this plane we're on right now should be the heavenly embodiment, yeah. right? At least that's my interpretation of that, yeah. of that line, and I love it. Well, and the, yeah, and then there's the great story of the transfiguration when he goes to Mount Tabor. And right. And uh, Moses and Elijah appear. So some scholars are so upset about that that they'll they'll go through great lengths to prove <laughs> biblically that Moses never actually died and Elijah <laughs> never died. So that's and a so they that's more rational to them somehow. Uh, they couldn't have they couldn't have showed up with Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they, they weren't were still alive. alive. Yeah. They were hanging out somewhere. And so it fits their their QAnon end times conspiracies, uh, the two witnesses. So, so they're just in some holding place somewhere. And so anyway, uh, but well, the guy, the leader of heaven's gate claimed to be one of the two witnesses. So oh yeah. That's fun. Yeah. A lot of people do. <laughs> I have a definition of, from Barbara, uh, uh, Holmes, who's one of What's up, Holmes? our teachers <laughs> yeah. uh, at the living school at the center for action and contemplation. And in one of her, uh, books, she, she kind of, lays it out here, um, kind of lost it here. Um, you know, so there's this idea of the ancestors, which mm -hmm. is a, just another, for me, that's just another synonym of the, all souls all and the saints. Yeah. yeah. So that's the communion of the saints. And so she has a, you know, uh, she says, although some folks use a very narrow definition of the word ancestor, I use the word as an indicator of legacy and interconnections. The ancestors are elders who pour their lives into the community as a libation of love and commitment. They live and die well. And when they transition, they do it so in full connection with the engaged community. Thereafter, they dwell in the spaces carved out by our spiritual and cultural expectations. And so... And I, and I think in a lot of cultures, African cultures, they'll, they'll call it uh, Irish too, beyond the veil. They have passed mm. beyond the veil. Uh, in, in Welsh, they have liturgies. Uh, they, you've gone, they've gone beyond the river. They've mm. crossed the river uh, on the other side. Uh, others use more scriptural language. They, they have passed through the valley of the shadow of death. They've right. passed through that valley. They've gone through the lonesome valley. Well, so, and... and um sort of related, but our, our friend, you know, our friend, Mr. John Hawk. Yeah. Um, you know, I know he taught me about this idea of, uh, to all my relations, right. You know, right. that idea is not, not just for those that have passed, but even the ones still to come. Yeah. So the and it, projecting and into too. the future, what's that? And animals. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. Your relation with everything. Yeah. Mother earth, yeah. the plants, it's a powerful um, way to live. Yeah. All my relations. It's yeah. a powerful prayer. Because it's because you are related to everything in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Right. Because we all come from the same um, makeup as yeah. far as our what's that? You know, the atoms and the every you know to the scientific yeah. like smallest level, we're all related in that way. 
And so, I, yeah, and I, I think there is a redemption. I think there is something to the church, uh, the, the concept of the church penitent as well. Because a lot of our ancestors did some evil shit. Yeah. And and so we don't want to whitewash all that. And, yeah, we can't necessarily just... Especially if you are white, you don't want to whitewash <laughs> that. Uh, you know, and so, so I think there's, you know, so again, I had another, I may have mentioned this before, uh, but I was... Uh, just driving up Dyer Street one time, and uh, in the Devil's like, Triangle, in the, yeah, <laughs> and it was at a red light, and uh, mm. this was a long time ago. I, th- I think I had a CD player. Uh, remember those? Oh yeah. And it was on shuffle, and it played, uh, and all of a sudden the song, or the song was already playing uh, uh, by U2. I know it's very popular. They hate them, uh, <laughs> uh, but screw you. <laughs> Not you two, screw you. Anyway, uh, but it was called The Hands That Built America. It was the theme song for the Gangs of New York movie that Scorsese made. Amazing uh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> Great film. And so, uh, you know, and I had this vision of an ancestor of mine on his deathbed. And uh, and he had spent his life committed to violence and drunkenness, mm. alcohol addiction, that kind of thing. and. Um, and his last dying breath was, uh, was help me. Mm. And then this revelation came to me. It was almost like the spirit pulled me aside and, and said, uh, your life is my answer to that prayer. Mm. And so, so we, so there's a redemption process taking place in our lives for our ancestors, for the, you know, uh, cycles of violence, cycles of uh addiction darkness that kind of thing uh we're we're called to redeem those things so it's a very real thing you know in the in this sense um so it's not just some imagination or some you know like the movie the disney movie it's not just a a sentimental warm fuzzy (laughs) thing you know Uh, and so yeah when i i don't think i've i don't know if i've ever shared this on the podcast i don't think i have but on my Mason side, so my last name's Mason, my, my father's side. That's why I don't trust you. You're a Mason. Exactly. Uh, my 13th or 14th great-grandfather came over and uh, literally set in Native American village on fire, wow. him and his people. And then yeah. as they ran out, shot at them, shot them. Wow. Um, and then on my mom's side, you know, they're all from this region, grew up here, and we believe my... My mom's dad, her mom, or yeah, his mom, uh, was from Mescalero, Mm. right? And so literally in my DNA, I have these two, they couldn't be more different, right? A general that shot Native Americans just just for the fact that they were in his his quote-unquote territory, even though, you know, he came over on a boat from England, Um and then, you know, and then this other side of my DNA of, you know, the Native Americans that have been displaced and, and, yeah. and um, genocide and all those, all those tragedies. Right. And so it's, it's one of those things that I, I wrestle with from time to time of like, cause you can't really, you can't reconcile that logically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it's like, uh, you know, what is that redemptive path? Like you're talking about and, yeah. and once, you know, once again, coming to the answers within, right? Like all the prayer, all the meditation, all this stuff is somehow reconciling that in a greater mystery that I'm, I may never know the quote unquote outcome. Not that there should yeah. be one, but um, there's something very heavy and, and, yeah. um, and sad and tragic and real about all of that. Yeah. And there's no, it's very subjective. Right. You know, the whole thing. I think that's why a lot of people fear it. Because it's it's very so personal and subjective, you know. I mean, I'll, my parents tell this story very nonchalantly, and they didn't even tell me this story till I was in my thirties. Mm. That's what's crazy about this. It was very disturbing that they they never even mentioned it when we were kids. Uh, but when uh, you know, I never met my mother's father. He died okay. very young of liver cirrhosis. It's the Morrison way. <laughs> Lung cancer and liver cirrhosis. Smoke and drink yourself to death, baby. Smoking and drinking. And uh, it was our religion. 
in our family. And yes, so, sir. so he died very young of, of, of that. And, uh, so I never met him and he, you know, he's Chicago Irish, uh, and you know, gambling the whole, you know, all that. And, and so I think he, so, so they ended up going to, uh, losing everything and they went to Indiana, uh, you know, and lived there. And then, and then drifted down here to Anthony, mm-hmm. New Mexico. That's where my mom, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a step up <laughs> from well, Terre Haute. If you've been Indiana. to Indiana, <laughs> it is a step <laughs> they up. Thought, yeah, she thought they arrived in paradise in Anthony, New yeah. Mexico. And so anyway, she, and then she met my dad and, uh, and um, well, I, he wasn't my dad yet. Uh, <laughs> you know, Your dad to be. <laughs> Buf Morrison. Your future dad. Uh, and, uh, and so they, yeah, so they met, you know, so their first house, uh, in El Paso, I believe it was on Huckleberry street. Nice. Uh, they, the, I'm, I'm like hesitating here. <laughs> the doorbell kept ringing. This would have been in mm. the 1960, early sixties. The doorbell kept ringing and, and nobody was there. Right. And they heard somebody in the crawl space in the, Oof. in the attic. So they heard walking. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. And he had drifted. He had died there. Who her, had? her dad, my, my mother's oh, dad in El Paso. Yeah. He okay. drifted down and, and kind of ended his, you know, he, he died, uh, in El Paso. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, so they kept hearing that. And then they went upstairs. They went into that crawl space to check it out. And, there were newspapers on the floor, which I guess is a common, you know, to spread. Yeah. But they were from Chicago, Whoa. and they were uh, horse racing stuff. The numbers, know, kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there were uh, footprints in the dust uh, of it. And so this, just this poltergeist activity kept happening. My mom perceived that that was uh, her dad. Yeah asking for forgiveness. Mm. So she began to speak forgiveness to him. And then she prayed what's in what Catholics call a novena. Okay. She prayed a novena for him. And then all that stuff stopped. Wow. And I was like, no way that didn't. And my dad was like, well, fine. You don't have to believe it. It just, it happened. You know, because my parents are not, I was going to say your parents aren't one for, uh, (laughs) they're not for nonsense. They are not that way at all. Especially your dad. Yeah, I could see your mom maybe trying to pull pull a quick one. Yeah, as a little goof, but your dad. No, he's very matter of fact. Yeah, and he was done talking about it because he was like, well, "Then I'm done. Yeah, I'm done talking." Like, about okay, it. don't believe like, me. Come on, you sat on that story for th- my 30 years of my life. <laughs> so, oh, geez. so anyway, yeah, there is this sense of redemption. There is this sense of working to to make right wrongs and then of course there's generational traumas you mm-hmm. know uh you know and, and especially if, if you come from uh well in my case you know irish ancestry uh so the the great starvation mm-hmm. is in me mm-hmm. and i have a very heightened sense of injustice and uh you know not that i do anything about it most of the time wow. but there, but this this intense yeah. anger definitely burns within me you know and well and i stop fighting it it's funny too because someone could hear this portion of the podcast and be like, "Oh, that that's just spiritual mumbo jumbo." Maybe, but, yeah. But they have, you know, ran experiments, you know, double blind experiments proving through animals, you know, whether it's worms or other, that there is generational trauma is passed. It, oh, yeah, within yeah. DNA. Physically, yeah. Yeah, it's physically yeah, that's in. that's a fact. Yeah. yeah. And so you could say like, oh, this is just spiritual mumbo jumbo. But it's like, yeah. well, maybe. But also it seems as though the science is coming yeah. alongside with that specific idea yeah. that whatever happened to our ancestors 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, yeah. you know, not even just one generation removed, right? But even the ancient, ancient ancestors yeah, yeah. is is in our body. It's physically inside our body, yeah. and and um, there is something about uh, that redemption, um, prayer around that, yeah. meditation around that. Um, because I've experienced it, redemption, redemption in the sense of through events I've had in my life yeah. through meditation. 
So why wouldn't that also extrapolate out exactly. to to my ancestors, right? To those people yeah. that have done some of those things, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and in Judaism, it's it's a very physical idea, uh, you know. In, in the Jewish scriptures, uh, they use you know the, the word genetics uh, or sperm or eggs. It's it's uh, they call it seed, the mm-hmm. seed of Abraham. And so the concept in Judaism is that. Uh, when the Israelites, uh, in the in the story of passing through the Red Sea, right? Well, all Israelites for all time in the future pass through mm. the Red Sea because they were in the seed, mm. and so it's a very physical thing. And that's an ancient. I mean, that's very ancient right. in that sense. It's a very old idea and experience. And so, yeah, we we carry all that. And. Um, so and, to kind of, and, and I would say it's our responsibility to, to 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 take whatever paths we need to take to heal mm-hmm. generational trauma. So anyway, I didn't. I didn't mean that. Well, and, and um, but maybe not for everybody, right? Like, there's also this idea of of healers within a family, right? And and this idea of what well, we spoke about it recently spiritual giftings right, right you know what i mean and and i very much believe that being a healer is part of those spiritual giftings and and i think sometimes you know once again you can say this is spiritual mumbo jumbo but I, I think there are designated people within our lineage that that for whatever reason are called more deeply into that yeah. into that place of healing like you know the example you gave you know sitting at the stoplight Right. You know, that was your your ancestors calling to you. Yeah. Of like, hey, this we need you on this one. Yeah. You know, exactly. you're you're here for that. And um and it's tough, right? Like, cause that's a that's a scary it could be a scary endeavor to to follow. Right? Yeah. But yeah, but I sure. think I think it's one of those things that this idea of what's mine to do, right? Yeah, and exactly. being part of that community, um, whether it's your chosen community so to speak or your ancestral community of showing up in that whatever that way is right yeah. whatever that gift has been bestowed to you well even even on a rational level if you're just a rationalist and mm-hmm. you, you don't go for any of that mumbo jumbo <laughs> uh, which and i just want to clarify i don't think this is mumbo jumbo no but i don't I can, either i can understand someone a third party listening in yeah. and hearing this and, and having that thought process yeah. I mean, there are some people that take it too far and it's like, yeah, but that's their, that's what they're going through. That right. They need yeah. To do that. That's where but, they're at. But yeah, I remember a, a lecture, reading a lecture that Joseph Campbell gave on Halloween mm. and he tells a story of, uh, he was parking, uh, he parked his car on a street and this like little boy, like five-year-old boy, uh, I forgot what he, the boy said, you can't park here, mister. And the boy was being real still and had his arms out real still like a statue. Yeah. I might be getting some of the story wrong. And the boy said, uh, I'm a fire hydrant or something like that. (laughs) And you can't park in front of this. And so, you know, and he was kind of in a hurry, but he realized how important that moment was. And he got in his car and reparked somewhere else to honor this kid's imagination. Right. And so even if you just, if you're a, a cerebral person and a rationalist in that sense, empirical rationalist you need you still have to acknowledge the importance of imagination mm-hmm. itself uh and that kind of thing and then and then from a, a therapy point of view uh again we, we don't our culture does not do death well mm-hmm. right and so to have something already in a communal sense set up for you that's from at least you know at least in the christian tradition mm-hmm. uh to acknowledge death and to to uh, to mourn together and to remember together together it's that's an important thing. Well, know? and and two you know two points through on ritual, that through ritual through ritual is what I meant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and well, not only just ritual, but the like we said at the beginning, this um, community. Yeah. That's engaged do it in together. The, in, yeah. 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 Um, but before you know, before we go down that path, because I do have a, uh, but this idea of imagination. You know, everything we have in our life today uh, can't originated from imagination, right? So someone, so like, you know, we're sitting in here, we have some monk drums, 
right? So first someone had to think of a drum in the first place and create it, right? And then eventually it evolves to where Jacob has, you know, Jacob Nedia has this idea for a specific kind of cajon in his imagination, right? Like it started there. It wasn't like he built something. It's like, oh, now I'll think about it. He thought about it and created it, right? And we can, you know, this computer, that chair, that fan, you know what I mean? And so... And it was all physically already present in one singular space at the Big Bang. Right. That's what's crazy. Yeah, right. (laughs) Everything that is was already in one moment, in one uh, space, one singularity. And then then somebody starts tripping out then. Well, and then with, you know, if you think of like a snap of the finger, it starts rolling out. Yeah, exactly. Away from that one point and that one time, right? Like it, it expands and we're not even in the opposite direction. Yeah, we're not on this. zero <laughs> stimulus. Well, I have a little bit of uh, caffeine. caffeine in, yeah, <laughs> that's about it. I'm on diuretics. <laughs> that's it. Uh, I yeah, took, I took a, you know, a weed t- is legal here in New Mexico. <laughs> and we're we not even, even abiding. We tried it. Oh uh, yeah, this is just our sober talk. I can't imagine if we decided to. <laughs> what if we were just elaborate. in a simulation, dude? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Okay, and then going back to this idea, so having these rituals set up for community, yeah, uh, to mourn someone. Um, you know, I, I went to a a funeral yesterday, so it, all of these ideas are very much right yeah. in front of my face, and and um, got me thinking about my grandparents. Um, but maybe, uh. When a, when a specific individual passes, the traditions that we do have set up, right? Um, the wake, the funeral, um, going to the graveside if, you know, if they're being buried and, and gathering there. Um, can you elaborate on, from your perspective, obviously, why these things are important to not necessarily to the person who has passed, but to the community that remains as they're in their, their grief, their sadness, their feeling of loss. Um, why are these rituals, you know, worth, worth anything? Why don't we just skip yeah. that? And Well, cause it's, you know, it's a part of resurrection before the resurrection, if you will, uh, to keep people alive in stories and stories are sacred. Uh, they can become sacred anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, so you keep them alive in those stories. Uh, last night, visited with my parents, and we're talking about my younger brother who, who died in 1991 in a car wreck. And uh, I, I forget, oh, my dad was making fun of me because I like mariachi music. <laughs> and so he was like, I can't believe you like Because he had made a, because my brother's uh, daughter, he left a daughter behind. Right. And she's, uh, about to deliver her second child. Oh, interesting. And, uh, and so my dad made this corny card of cutouts. Yeah. It was a Halloween theme card that he okay. made and zombies, werewolves. And then he had mariachis coming cause they're scary. You know? Right. 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 And I was like, I love mariachi music. And he's like, you probably, you, you probably like uh, the accordion, don't you? And <laughs> I was like, well? yeah. I said, I love Zydeco too. I love that Louisiana <laughs> stuff. And he was like, I love that weird Al stuff. And he was like, yeah, he was like, Louisiana is so weird. And I was like, I love it. And, and so, uh, so we, so we start talking about my brother who loved this song. He had a 45 record mm. of, uh, Louisiana Saturday night. Oh yeah. 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 1980. And, uh, very, uh, Cajun. Yep. Kind it's of a great thing. song. And he played it over and over <laughs> and over again when he was like 10, 11 years old. So we, you know, so we kept him alive in that story last night is what I'm trying to say. It's a sacred thing. And so, so yeah. And, and then it's a practice, you know, uh, the Franciscans uh, talked a lot about it. Uh, Francis and uh, Buddhists also die before you die. Mm. Uh, practice your death before uh, your death. And so, so these rituals are, are a passing through that. That's what the communion Eucharist is. You're passing yeah, through true. the crucifixion of Jesus, which you are one with and into the resurrection. And that's why we on Day of the Dead, uh, uh, All Souls Day, we, we 
we've fallen into over the years, walking our labyrinth. Mm-hmm. So we're walking from that, you know, and, and we usually quote the Psalm. I think it's 16. You will show me the pathways to life and in your presence is the fullness of joy. And so we're walking through our simulating our own mm-hmm. journey into that final, those final days that we're all, and there really is such thing as dying well mm-hmm. or not dying well. You know, yeah. when I did hospice. I saw both uh, people that did not die well at all. And it was very tragic in that sense. And, and so, so I developed rituals for them as well to help them after they died, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, well, I think this idea of story and keeping someone alive, um, I, I, I hadn't forgotten about this story, but it, it, it was more profound yesterday, right? Because I was at the funeral and, and the, the woman that had passed away, the first time I had met her, we were, in fact, it was at the UUMC church that you and I, that's how we oh, yeah. ended up meeting each other through yeah. that, through that church. But I was at church with my grandparents and and this woman got up and spoke and it was during the time of like asking for prayer. Right. And her son was struggling with some stuff. Um, and she, you, you could help, hear the helplessness in her voice, but she was still, she had faith enough to ask people to pray for her. She believed in the power of prayer so much that she was still willing to ask for that, even oh. though you could you could hear the hopelessness in her voice, right? right? And so the thing she had mentioned was something that I had struggled with and, and um, was familiar with. Oh. And so I went up to her and said, hey... I've struggled with the same thing your son is going through. Uh, here's my phone number. Uh, if you want to pass it on to him and, and maybe I can talk to him. Well, then fast forward. I don't even remember the timeline. I, me and her son were trying to remember the timeline yesterday and it's all kind of blurry. It's been nine, ten, nine, ten years removed. So the exact. But within a, a month or two, we made a connection that I had already met her son in a different context, wow. you know? And so I, the woman I was approaching to give this number to that person already had my number because of this other wow. connection. And it was just yeah. one of those kind of like you were talking those weird, it was yeah, just those interconnections. The world is too small. Right. And, yeah. um, and so yesterday sitting at that funeral, it dawned on me that the power of prayer, because yeah. I, I can affirm today that what she was asking for has come to be. Yeah. And it was just one of those humbling things like, oh, shit, like I really don't know what's going on, you yeah. know, and, and I don't know the mystery of faith. And I don't know the the uh, this thing called God. Right. This yeah. mystery, this, the great mysterious. And, and it was just very humbly sitting in there. And you and I talked about I almost didn't go. Right. You know, and, and I ended up going and, and it just being one of those like very humbling reminders of, you know, the reminder of prayer, the remembrance of this woman um, who we didn't interact all that much. You know, we probably interacted maybe 10 times. Wow. But yeah, it doesn't when, matter. Yeah. Whenever she would talk to her son, she would ask about me because we all, you know, and whenever I talked to him, I would ask about her, right? Because right. we we just had that 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 uh beautiful connaction. Yeah, that mutuality. And, yeah, and so um, you know, so when she passed a couple weeks ago, um, and her son thinking to reach out to me and saying, Hey, just wanted to let you know. You know, I was very humbled because it, yeah. it wasn't like a group text, right? Like he reached out to me and said, Hey, I just wanted you to know my mom passed and, um, and then being able to show up and, and be in that sanctuary with her friends, hearing, you know, people sharing stories of, of who she was throughout her lifetime and just, um, feeling that love of community, right. Being, being reminded of, of community, family and all that, the, the importance of all that. And so, um, yeah, when you when you mentioned earlier the sacredness of story, it just yeah. sort of took me back to yesterday. And uh, I don't know, I'm I'm I've been in a very humbled state the last mm. 24 hours thinking about that, and then all this other exciting stuff, right? Books, 
being being created right that and i don't know it's just been a, a very beautiful 24 hours so it's the way of autumn <laughs> where we think autumn thoughts <laughs> we're falling into humbleness am i right <laughs> um it has nothing to do with pumpkin spice i'll tell you that <laughs> oh he's gonna get on his rant um I hate that crap we still have some time so i don't know uh if you, if there's any other, I, this is a very broad topic, so I don't know if there's anything that we sort of talked about in the before we turned on the microphones that I, I'm forgetting to to bring up, or if there's just anything on your your heart and mind that kind of fits into this the ritual of death, yeah. you know, community coming together to support each other and in, in these in these things. I I mean, when I was uh, a teenager, young teenager, like. 13, 14, uh, I don't know why, but I always, uh, frequently, uh, would ride my bike and go visit the graveyard mm. on Dyer street. Uh, and it wasn't just to see my own family's graves. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, I would loved walking the area. It was so peaceful and mm -hmm. I could feel like a presence of those witnesses right. there and their dates. I would look at their dates. There's a section in the, uh, uh, northwestern corner of that graveyard, I guess in the in the forties and fifties they would bury children there, so mm. all the children are there. And I, I don't know. I think it's a good, you know, uh, practice to take some time off on an afternoon, your lunch break, and go walk in a graveyard. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and, and there's a. You want me to close with this, or, or well, actually, actually, before uh, the this idea of walking in the graveyard, um, so three of my grandparents have passed, and and it's there's no rhyme or reason to it, but I'll just get these like, oh, you should go see, you should go hang out with your grandparents yeah. for a little bit, and so I will. I'll go to the graveyards, and and sometimes I'll just go and see specifically my grandparents, right? Yeah. But there's also been these times where I have I've wandered the graveyard and there's i mean you know me but i ju i just love storytelling yeah. right and and walking by each headstone right or each plot you know there's an amazing story there yeah and you sometimes you can gather a little bit of it right if it's a more intricate sort of uh gravestone but you know just looking at the dates being yeah. like you know oh wow that was a five-year-old child buried there yeah or or you know oh my that person's 38 i'm 38 like yeah they, exactly. you know what i mean and and so just these connections um who's the oldest person here yeah yeah right yeah 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 so i've done that Look for the <laughs> oldest grave there and the youngest i've done i've done both yeah you know and finding a headstone of someone you know just months yeah, or days yeah and um And it's very odd because it I I too or maybe not odd that's not the right word to but there is a peacefulness yeah about walking through these places of of people that have gone before us and um you know that's that's their resting point right that's their yeah anyone so like for me I go and see my grandparents but like for anyone else in that family and for people whose families will never come back to that gravesite right yeah, like yeah um you and i have talked about that that in you know what is it you have two deaths when you physically pass right. and then the last time someone speaks your name yeah um sort of thing and and so knowing that some of the people there have have had both of those deaths yeah. right um and that's interesting too because now that i think about it as you walk through you can say their names yeah which i that's yeah, I do that. Yeah. Or I'll put stones on there. You know, the Jewish tradition, you put a stone on someone's grave mm. to, as a reminder that they're not forgotten, uh, that kind of thing. So so usually well, I, yeah, I'll bring something for my brother's grave. Uh, but a lot of times I'll bring stones for a random stranger and I'll speak their name and imagine and meditate on what kind of life they lived, uh, and th that kind of thing. And it's a it's a powerful ritual. Well and um, simple too. It's something very simple anybody can do. Yeah, and yesterday at the the church that the funeral was held at, 
was my grand the church my grandparents went to mm. and as i was leaving i had forgotten they had done this it was effectively a fundraiser thing but engraved bricks that they put in this little it's a sitting area right. that has tree you know big yeah. trees and shaded and i i had forgot for some reason that my grandfather i just maybe i didn't forget i just hadn't thought about it so as i was leaving i was like oh and I thought the brick just had his name on it. it just said John Wallace, right? But yeah. I, I stopped and took a picture and it says, in memory of John Wallace, forever loved. Wow. You know, and, and so sitting with that, because um, as long as I'm alive, that man's going to be lo- like, he, he's not even my biological grandfather. Right. But he was the grand, the only grandfather I knew, you know, from my dad's side and, yeah. and the impact he had on my life. You can't, you can't put any kind of, tangible value to it right it's yeah. such it was such a, a an, and, and the older i get the more the more i understand the impact that he had i um, mean continues to have um but it's just even little things like that little a brick with someone's name on it can be so profound yeah. um because logically it can be kind of a like oh what who cares if someone's name is on a brick right like you can kind of get to that cynical point um but then when you know you kind of look on the other side it's like now that's that's important for some reason. Yeah. Who knows what that reason is, but yesterday it was important for me to see that brick. And so, um, so yeah, if you want to close with, uh, with the thing yeah, you had the, pulled up, we're, we're pretty close, but, um, I usually read this on, uh, all souls day, you know, when we do the labyrinth mm-hmm. thing, which is coming up next, or I guess this is going to air on that week. Right. Because we're going to walk the labyrinth on a Wednesday. Yeah. So Wednesday the day, night. yeah, the day before that, this will release. The Tuesday okay. before that Wednesday night, this will, this podcast will be in the ether yeah. on the Spotify's on the, on the, and, <laughs> and everywhere else you find your podcast, folks. Wherever you get your podcast, drcrpod.com. <laughs> Just say, hey, Siri, <laughs> play Desert Rain Community Radio. <laughs> Anyways, so you read this. Yeah, so this is uh, John O'Donohue, who we should do a podcast. I was going to say, that's another guy. (laughs) Anyways. He's had such a great, his writing has had such an influence on me. Uh, So yeah, John O'Donohue uh, from the west coast of Ireland uh, wrote this blessing. It's called On Passing a Graveyard. And he he wrote, uh, May perpetual light shine upon the faces of all who rest here. May the lives they lived unfold further in spirit. May all their past travail find ease in the kindness of clay. May the remembering earth mind every memory they brought. May the rains from the heavens fall gently upon them. May the wildflowers and grasses whisper their wishes into light. May we reverence the village of presence in the stillness of this silent field. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, everyone, for for tuning in once again. We uh, we definitely are appreciative of your uh, of the time you take out of your life to listen to this, and um, I know personally I'm very humbled by that. Uh, thank you, Jacob Nedia. Uh, monk drums is what you hear in the background as we close out uh thank you danny west uh he does all the editing and sound engineering um and uh once again our new newly crowned author (laughs) david morrison um it's officially official um dreamwalkerway.com you can go there to uh get a copy of the book if you don't already have one um and we will be releasing an ebook, uh, audiobook. Uh, we recorded that last week, actually. Um, the audiobook is also going to include uh, brief interviews in between. There's five different sections. So there'll be brief uh, podcast type interviews in between each section, sort of elaborating on different aspects of the book. So um, that should be coming out in the next month or so. And then a. You, I, I, I guess we'll be publishing it on YouTube, a um, American Sign Language uh, translation of the 
of the poems and the book. Um, and that will also be coming out in the next month or two. So uh, we will continue to announce as those things come to be. So uh, we're a two-man operation. So it, some things move slower than other things. <laughs> uh, so once again, thank you, Mr. Morrison. Thank you, Mr. Mason. And uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.